Hello, this is Dr. Beverly Wright, and thank you for listening to Tag Data Talk, sponsored by Emory Continuing Education and hosted by Dr. Beverly Wright. Emory Continuing Education offers many certificate programs related to the practical application of machine learning, data science, advanced Python and Tableau, and other analytics tools and methods. These applied programs leverage experienced executives, academics, and practitioners with advanced degrees to deliver these Saturday courses typically taught in around 10 weeks. Learn more about the emerging technology programs at Emory Continuing Education to help boost your career advancement at ece.emory.edu. I hope you enjoy this episode of Tag Data Talk. Hello, this is Dr. Beverly Wright, and thanks for joining Tag Data Talk. With us today, we have Dr. Tony Huang, and we're talking about history, future, and concerns with artificial intelligence solutions. Thanks for joining us, Dr. Huang. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, let's start off with a little background. Tell us, why are you so cool? Uh, I'd say my background makes me very uh, relatable to a lot of people. So, um, you know, I, I, I came uh, to the States as a refugee from the Vietnam War, so grew up in like a low-income family, lived on food stamps, Section 8 housing, free school meals, the works. So I was the first one in my family to go to a university. And in school, I learned how to apply computer vision to science um, before it even became like super hot. So um, I was exploring what uh, like things that were interesting me. And then luckily, it was just like a really hot skill set that everyone wants nowadays. So I'd say, you know, what makes me really cool is that I follow where my curiosity leads me. That's awesome. I just had a talk about curiosity and the importance of curiosity to some Arizona State University students. So that's very cool. Well, let's start off by understanding um, what do we mean when we're talking about artificial intelligence? Like there's many different things that people think about, like any time you copy a human, is that considered artificial intelligence? Are we talking about the data science side of artificial intelligence? Are we talking about robotics? Like, give us some context so that we can sort of level set as to what is artificial intelligence? Yeah, so when I first started off um, and, and AI was becoming a thing, back then, you know, AI, the, the definition of AI is just a computer program that is able to mimic or um, simulate human thought or behavior. So basically it does a task that is, uh, traditionally in the realm of a human being. So like a really good way to explain how this compares is to compare like a human, what a human can do versus what a regular computer script can do. So for like, for instance, like basic math, right? So a human can't do like big, long mathematical calculations in their head, but a regular computer program can do very, very large, complex problems in seconds. Okay. Um, now, if you switch over to like a different type of, of problem where like you want to spot a friend's face in a photo, you know, a human can spot a, a face very easily in a photo, whereas a regular computer program can't do it very easily um, because it's too complex. So this is where AI comes in. So it, it, it allows a computer program to behave more like a human. Okay. Now, and when you say like a human, it sounds like what you really mean is like a combination of humans doing yeah, it perfectly. A, right, right, right. Now, since I've, I've been in this field for so long, my, my actual de- definition of AI has changed, right? So I'd say right now, AI is more like an object-oriented or goal-centric adaptive behavior. So that means that, you know, you have a goal or objective that your company is pursuing. So let's just say like profitability by 
allocating the correct marketing resource or something, um, right? So then you would use this adaptive behavior, which means that you, you basically allow a computer to make a decision and then learn whether or not that decision was good or bad. And then after that, adapt its own internal model. So basically you want the system to learn and adapt itself without any type of human intervention. Gotcha. Okay. So artificial intelligence, as far as what we're talking about, is typically some sort of programming language that will copy how humans, plural, could do something if they were doing it perfectly. So it gives you the ability to do like, whereas a human can do simple math pretty easily. But if you had a bunch of humans working you know, really fast somehow magically, (laughs) then artificial intelligence can uh, do those sort of functions, you know, much quicker and more efficiently and more accurately. Is that what you're saying? Yes, that's correct. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So if we're using that as sort of our backdrop for what is AI and we're talking about um, the, you know, the future and like what's the history so far um, would help us to understand that. So what would you say if you're thinking about like the life cycle of AI since you've been in it a while, like probably longer than most people I know, (laughs) um, what would you say is the kind of, you know, we sort of started with these humble beginnings and then we've moved to this. And before we talk about the future, like where, what have we seen thus far? What's been the progression? Yeah. So um, I think, I think AI is actually powered by a thing called neural nets. So, so, uh, so neural nets is just a set of algorithms that are modeled loosely after the brain. So you might also hear the word uh, uh, neurons as well when, whenever you talk about AI. But it, AI had its start in the mid 1900s when you know a bunch of nerds got together and started theorizing the, these these equations. And back then, you know, the, the the biggest problem was that computers were too slow. So you know they had to do a ton of research, you know, by hand on these like little slow computers. Around 2010 was when AI really, really, really took off. That's when like computers became much more powerful. You know, we got like more CPU power, more CPU cores, more RAM, and then like the creation of like supercomputers and giant uh, computer clusters, which allowed like data scientists to catch up with these theories, um, just exploded the market. And you know, researchers realized that they could add more and more layers to, to this neural net to create a technique that could develop more complex uh, solutions. So very quickly, they found out that like these systems can like produce equal or better like results than like rule-based systems. And then all of a sudden GPU computing came out, which was awesome. So like NVIDIA CUDA came out, which allowed for like massively parallel GPU computing that dramatically reduced training data sets from like days to minutes, which is awesome. So as like GPU technology allowed for deeper networks, this new deep learning field took over the machine learning space and in effect started a much more widespread uh, machine learning revolution than before. And so, so that, so when, while that was happening, something else was happening on, on the sidelines, which was like, you know, that there was the language and library support explosion that, that came with the rise of Python and like these fundamental AI libraries like TensorFlow, Keras, uh, PyTorch, which made programming AI much easier and more readily accessible. So people like very quickly realized as deep learning took shape that computer science programs in say like language and images could be solved more efficiently than before with this new form of AI. So, you know, like research was so widespread because it's such a hot topic 
that uh, you know they realized like rather than building like deeper and deeper networks that they should actually develop new methods that made it more efficient so like you know for instance language models um, or natural language processing nlp which is like a huge buzzword buzzword they began adapting this new concept called recurrent neural nets which is the foundation of of modern nlp computer vision adapted convolutional neural nets which is now the foundation of modern computer vision and so you know you speed forward to today and both these forms are are mixed together in many ways so um, so right now you know computer vision which uses convolutional neural nets has effectively taken over much of the AI space. So gotcha. whenever you talk about AI, mo- most of it is, is, is computer vision. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Okay, so what I heard was supercomputer, our computing power kind of started growing. The creation, or I guess, I don't know, evolution of big data where we started getting like just massive data sets. The computing power, the sharing, I think that's interesting that you mentioned that yeah. and how much that's had an impact on the progression of AI and that the sharing community of, you know, all these libraries that we have now. Um, you also mentioned unstructured data, because I think for a long time we were focused only on structured data. Right, right. And now we're dealing with like voice and video and, you know, uh, text and all this kind of uh, yeah, stuff. It's, it's awesome. I know, so, I so love that. We weren't ever able to do it. Now we can do it, which is like... I'm not even sure we, we looked at it. Huge op- world opportunities. It wasn't even data. We didn't even think about it as data. Now, all of a sudden, you know, we've had this all this time probably, but didn't really capture it. Um, so unstructured data. And then a couple of things that you hinted about, but didn't really say was, uh, oh, well, you talked about the need to be more efficient instead of just doing the same thing, more of it, and the recurrent right. and the convolutional neural nets. But you mentioned about complexity of the solutions that were needed. Like, would you say that that's accurate, that our complexity, like the the market demands, if you, went to, if you wanted to focus on the market side of it for a second, but the market demands increase, the complexity of the problems increase, the needs of the consumers increase. Do you think those complexities had kind of fueled our ambition to advance AI a little bit faster? Yeah, so, so the, the industry demand really fuels a, a, a lot of this R&D work, right? So, so, it, so, so back then, you know, they they wanted AI um, to be able to tackle these these problems that 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 traditional comp sci approaches couldn't couldn't handle. Do, right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they, they um, there was such huge demands because um, everyone wants their their process to be automated. Yes. Right. Because that's how that's how they increase their profit margins and right. and, uh, and revenue. And, and so that's why there's so much uh, investments that's that's being that was being pushed into it. And then, um, you know, now we've gotten to the point where, you know, we're moving all of the things that are in the lab into the real world. Right. And so now we're seeing it in our daily lives and being introduced very slowly, but um, very effectively. Okay. Oh, well, two more questions around this before we move to the future. But this is great to give the audience like a better feel of like, what is AI and where has it been? And so this is yeah. fantastic. But two other questions are, do you think that, um, and I have no idea, I'm not, this is not a leading question at all, but was there a change in how we understood how cognition works? Like, did, did that help us or did we just finally start as data science and computer science people, did we finally start looking at the sciences of cognition and how people think and that's what helped us? And the second part is, um, you didn't really directly, talk about research, but you didn't really directly say anything about the academic world. So where do they sort of fit in? with any and all of this. So the first question is around the medical side of cognition. And the second one is around the academic field. Yeah. So in terms of cognition, you know, it, it, it is modeled after the brain. So they, so they try to, 
um, well, it's, it's modeled loosely after the brain. So that this algorithm is attempting to, to mimic what the brain does. However, you know, the, the brain is very, very, very complex, right? So that's, we'll never be able to, to actually simulate it. Uh, we're only able to simulate very small actions, like very hyper-specific goal-oriented actions in, in order to achieve a, uh, our, our objectives. So, you know, I don't think, I, I think they're, they tried their best and once they hit a wall, they just, they're like, Hey, you know, we were able to semi mimic a brain. We'll just go with this, this, this model that we have. And then to your other question in regards to research, there is a ton of research uh, being done in AI. And in, in fact, in AI, there's actually two different divisions. There's research AI, and then there's like application applied AI. So like in the research field, you do a ton of like, optimizations, developing new methods. And then, and then in the, in the applied AI, you actually just take like things that are, were already created in the research field uh, and it's applying it to real world applications. Like, you know, taking off the shelf AI solutions from like AWS, Amazon, Google, and, and then just applying it as an API. Okay, cool. That's awesome. So where do you see AI headed? That's the big question that we want to hear from you before we go into like any concerns, because just like any field that is advancing, you almost always have some sort of, you know, it's not all going to be golden. There are going to be some cons, or yeah. some, but is it worth it? And what are the benefits? But what do you see to give us a feel of now that we know kind of how we define it from a data science perspective, and now that we have an understanding of the progression, what's the next chapter in this story? Where do you see the, the future going? Yeah, I um in order to talk about the future, we, we kind of have to talk the, about the past and more more broadly, right? So so I I'd like to actually begin that by talking about like past industrial revolutions. So in like the 1700s, you know, we had the steam power re- re- uh, revolution where at that time people were witnessing like massive extraction of coal along with like that very important invention of the steam engine that was, you know, the reason for, you know, the creation of it was, was they want a new type of, of energy so that they can speed up the manufacturing of railroads, which in turn like accelerate um, the economy. In the 1800s, you know, we had the electricity, gas and oil revolution where there was like a new source of energy. Right. And then there, and, and because of that, like the result of that revolution was the creation of the internal combustion engine, which fast forward today, you know, was, was the result of creations of like the, the automobile, um, the plane, which basically changed the way that we, we uh, move around. Right. I believe in like 1969, um, we had the IT revolution. That was the rise of like electronics, telecom, and, you know, of course, computers that were on. Uh, which opened up the doors for like research, biotech, space exploration. That was really cool. So now, today, we've we've entered and are currently in the fourth industrial revolution. And so this era is defined and driven by automation and connectivity, right? So like, so let's just take take uh, Amazon for instance. Amazon is able to connect customers to vendors, which increases globalization. And then for their automation part, their, their recommendation engine, I don't know if you ever shopped on Amazon, but you know, it's like based on other people's buying behaviors, we recommend that you buy this product. You know, that's, that's powered by AI. And so you know, Amazon is, is taking full advantage of this like AI-powered automation to provide us with a be- much better um, buying experience. And so um, you know, in my opinion, 
I think AI is probably comparable to electricity, meaning that it's probably going to be very, very integral in our world uh, in the near future. In fact, like the most compelling aspect of AI and machine learning is that it's seemingly endless like capabilities. So there's so many fields that could be impacted by ML and AI, like for instance, like uh, e-commerce, uh, finance, marketing, education, entertainment, and uh, most very, very recently healthcare. Yeah. And so you would put it on par with being as disruptive as electricity. That's correct. Yes. Wow. Okay. Well, I've heard, I've heard similar types of analogies, uh, like from Tom Davenport talks about how AI is, is, um, incredibly dramatic and what, it, what kind of things it can do for us and to us. So that's interesting. Okay. So as far as like the future, do we think that it's going to be, you know, kind of more of what we're doing now, just more of it, more commonplace. And we think it's going to completely morph. like, what's the future? I, I think a lot of people will be copying, you know, what the big tech giants are doing. So the, the tech giants are, are employing, uh, deploying AI across the board. So we're going to see a lot of, you know, startups, you know, developing very niche AI products, which will probably be bought out by these much larger companies. And then we're going to see AI, you know, start to appear in, in, in various industries in which we, we don't, uh, we don't even, we never even thought of, right? So like, like the drone market, for instance, like the autonomous flight vehicles, uh, you know, back in the day, they, we used to have, you know, DJI makes this like, this little commercial grade drone, because I, I like to film a lot. <laughs> so uh, back in the day, they, they used to sell these drones and you would just fly them and, and they were very, very difficult. Now it's, it's, it's powered by AI. Basically, you just like tap on the screen, you do image tracking, you can track your, your subject on there. I could walk around and I, you, you can have this really cool drone flying around you, taking a video of you. So that's, that's like one application of, of putting AI into something that's, that we never even thought of that would be possible. And yet, huh. uh, you know, the, the, there's companies that are doing it. They're making a lot of money. They're very popular and it's become uh, mainstream now. Well, some people would say that sounds a little bit scary, you know, and so oh, yeah. what would you say are, are some of the um, kind of areas of concern or the risks? Because I've heard people plenty of times talk about how they're going to learn how to think or that they right. emulate thinking or that there's concern about privacy or what, are, what do you think are some of the top concerns and what are, why is it still worth it? Like, are the benefits outweighing the cons still? Yeah, yeah. So, so when people think about all of the bad things that can happen with AI, they automatically think about like the Terminator with Arnold in there. So they think like, you know, a, you know AI uh, could be programmed to do something very devastating, right? So like autonomous weapons using like AI systems has the potential to like, you know, to kill. And in the hands of a wrong person, you know, these things can cast mask casualties. And then, you know, we also think about like maybe the later on there'll be like an AI arms race where they, they try to like build out the best AI and then like, and then there's like robots fighting robots. So that's like a big fear that a lot of like the big, like tech giant uh, leaders are, are, are concerned about. Another big concern is, you know, that, that AI could be programmed to be, to do something very beneficial, but uh, it could be, it'll develop a very destructive method to actually achieving its goal. So like um, this can happen when we fail to fully align with the AI's goals uh, with ours. So like, for instance, I'll give you a, a kind of a, a, a simple um, explanation or a simple example. Um, if we ask a, a, like a, a smart car to take us to the airport as fast as possible, 
it might actually get chased by like cop cars. And, and then you, you might actually, if you're, you're in it, be like vomiting because it's doing exactly what you want, <laughs> but literally well, not what you ask for. Right. Well, the other way around, right. It's doing what you ask for. Or yeah, it's, not, it's, it's yeah, doing yeah. what you ask for, but, not, but, but literally to, not. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. So the programmer it's, it's, has to really, you have to really think about like what you ask for. So if you say, I want to do this as fast as possible, it throws out all the other objectives. It says, this is my only objective. I'm going to get there as fast as possible. I don't care if you get sick. I don't care if we get police. I don't care if we run over somebody, you know? So you have right, to, right. I guess that's your, that's your point is you have to be very careful about how we use it. Right, right. Um, and, and then there's some other like, uh, you know, there, there's two big things that it, could, that it could do. Number one, it could be like discriminative towards humans, which actually it, it right now it is set to do it. So uh, let me kind of explain a, a little bit about this. So since machines can collect and track and analyze as much, you know, you know so much data about you, it's very possible for these machines to use that info against you, right? So it's not really hard to imagine like you go to an insurance company and they tell you that you're not, you're uninsurable because, you know, they've caught you many times, you know, on camera talking on the phone, right? Or like another, another thing that's happening in China is that like an employer might withhold a job offer from you based on your, you know, social credit score. So there is a way to discriminate on people with AI, which is very frightening. What about uh, other applications where the bots are, or the algorithms are learning from what we're doing and they find things that are a little bit more innocent, but they find things about us and maybe they weren't looking for that. Like for example, there's a case study, I don't know how accurate this story is, so no telling, but where if you look at someone's signature, you can kind of tell um, how much risk they're willing to take and you can see things like how likely they are to pay their bill. So let's say you work for a healthcare provider. You look at someone's signature, you can tell right away if they're going to be a good bill payer. What if you also happened to notice, because this is unsupervised and this you know program has access to your medical records too. What if it happens to notice that this person's going to develop Parkinson's and you can tell a decade in advance that this person is going to develop this condition and maybe there's something they can do about it to sort of slow it down. What, do we have a responsibility? Like this gets into the whole ethics, you know, of AI and, and the risks and kind of the cons and, but we found something that we weren't even supposed to be looking for, but it's unsupervised and that's kind of the nature of it. So where do you, where does your head go on all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Uh, I, I'd say, you know, in terms of AI, we really do need to remove ethics because it's, it's basically just attempting to mimic humans. And so, because as humans, we're imperfect, right? I'm, I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. The system then will be inherently imperfect. Yeah. And so, you know, in, in terms of like, how do we, uh, whether or not we should tell a patient that they have uh, this type of like disease. I mean, we, we just have to tell them uh, and just be transparent with it. I mean, it's not as much as I like to play politics. I I like to be really straightforward with it. I don't think ethics goes hands hand in hand with AI very well. And if it does um, you know, I I think we'll have to really nerf down the capabilities of AI and not Ah. really show the full potential of AI. I see. So if we start applying our, um, you know, ethical standards or if we have expectations that the AI is going to be perfect, first of all, perfect expectations are completely unrealistic because we're asking it to emulate humans. 
Right. But unless we tell it, like, here are some very tight parameters around that, it's going to emulate humans. And we're, guess what, unethical at times. <laughs> so that's a complication. And then secondly, it sounds like you're saying when you start layering that on top of it, you know, everything else, it's, it's hard to make progress with AI if it's got to be like perfect all the time. So there's right, right. all these complications. Like, is it worth it? Tell us like, what, what do you, or maybe even some examples, like what makes this still beneficial given all the risks and complications and difficulties that we're facing right now? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the potentials of AI um, outweigh all of the cons. Like, you know, it, it, it uh, I'll touch into various uh, industries, right, where it has a reach, right? So transportation, you know, it's, it's taken a little over a decade to perfect it, but, you know, autonomous vehicles now can drive us back and forth, which is awesome. And I, and I think, I think, you know, the future of uh, the car industry will be autonomous. Uh, you know, manu- manufacturing got affected hugely, you know, there's AI-powered robots now that work alongside humans, but they perform in a very limited range of tasks like assembly and stacking. And then uh, the big thing that I'm really excited about is healthcare. So diseases now are more quickly and accurately uh, diagnosed, right? And drug discovery sped up, it's streamlined, virtual nursing assistance or telemedicine, which is a really, really huge growing field in, in the healthcare industry. Um, where you can monitor patients, you know, remotely, and then and then there's like big data analysis, which helps create a more personalized patient experience. I think that's going to be really hot. Um, education, believe it or not, <clears throat> is affected by AI. Even though you you probably don't know, like AI has gone into education. So like textbooks are being digitized now with the help of AI. There's a lot of early stage virtual tutors that assist human instructors. So that's really 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 cool. And, and an example of this is like, there's like a facial uh, recognition that gauges the emotions of students to help them determine if they're struggling or if they're bored, uh, and then better tailor that, that learning experience to that individual's needs. So I thought that, I, I think that's really, really hot in terms of like uh, being an educator. You know, in the, in the media, journalism's harnessing AI heavily, right? So like Bloomberg Report uses AI to help uh, develop a uh, a quick sense of complex financial reports. Um, the Associated Press uses uh, natural language processing to produce earning report stories each year. Um, and then, lastly, you know that the customer service sector is is um, uh, um, like blooming with AI. So, you know, Google is working on an AI assistant that um, can place um, human-like calls to make appointments at like, say your local hair salon or something like that. Yeah. So AI is like affecting all of these markets and we're all, we're all getting all of the benefits right now from it. Yeah. So even though it, it does have some risks and some inherent challenges with any advancement, especially something that's is groundbreaking and huge that you suspect is going to be equivalent to like electricity. So even though it's got all that, it still has more benefits than the cons you believe. That's correct. Yes. For efficiency, you mentioned efficiency, you mentioned several different verticals, you mentioned yeah. the use of personalization, advancements in healthcare that we could probably, it would t- take us a long time to get there without AI. So for all these reasons and more, probably it's, you feel the benefit outweighs cons. Very yeah, nice. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. Okay. Uh, what final piece of advice would you give to someone who is interested in understanding more about AI? 
you know, I, I get asked this a lot. Like the, the, the big question I get asked is what's the best way to like learn more about AI? Should I read more? Should I watch some YouTube videos? Should I like go to boot camp? whatever? It, it's really helpful to kind of break down that question. That's a really, that's a, that's a big question actually, because AI is such a huge like um, topic. So I, I kind of want to draw just one uh, distinct thing, which is I want to draw like a line through AI and say like, you know, one side is the research side of AI. And then the other one is the applied side of AI. So uh, in the research side, you know, research AI is rather like very academic in nature, right? So it requires like heavy dose of math across a variety of disciplines before you can even get to any of those parts that are specifically AI. And then, you know, this aspect of AI focuses on algorithms and the tools that drive the state of AI forward. So an example of this would be like, you know, what's what neural net structures might improve, I don't know, computer vision recognition results or something like that, right? So it's basically just taking taking and building the actual algorithms and building the tools. On the on the applied AI side, that on the other hand, that's more about like taking existing tools to obtain some type of useful results, right? So taking like open source uh, code. That's been a big role in you know, providing free and, and often easy to use software. Public cloud providers like AWS, Microsoft, Google, they, they've been really pushing to provide like machine learning services, models, data sets that make you know, onboarding, you know, a, a company uh, to onboard that has no prior AI experience very easy to do. And so you know, my, my advice is you know, pick one of the two that, that interests you. And regardless of what you pick, you know, in the AI field, you know, job openings are rising faster than job applicants. So, you know, either, it doesn't matter which one you pick, you'll, you'll get hired <laughs> in, the, in the fields. Gotcha. Cool. Very nice. Thank you again to Dr. Tony Huang for talking to us about the history, future, and concerns with AI solutions. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Tag Data Talk, sponsored by Emory Continuing Education and hosted by Dr. Beverly Wright. Have a great data set. Thanks for listening to Tag Data Talk, sponsored by Emory Continuing Education. I'm Dr. Beverly Wright. Have a great data set.